welcome back. This is sermons number 65, and we're picking up the story in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 41. Then Moses severed three cities on this side Jordan toward the sun rising, that the slayer might flee thither, which should kill his neighbor unawares, and hated him not in times past, and that fleeing unto one of these cities he might live. Sanctuary cities, in other words. Namely, Bezer in the wilderness, in the plain country of the Reubenites, and Ramoth in Gilead of the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan of the Manassites. And this is the law which Moses set before the children of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which Moses spake unto the children of Israel after they came forth out of Egypt. On this side Jordan, in the valley over against Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon, whom Moses and the children of Israel smote after they were come forth out of Egypt. And they possessed his land and the land of Og, king of Bashan, you know, he of the big bed, the king-size bed, two kings of the Amorites, which were on this side Jordan toward the sun rising, from Aror, which is the bank of the river Arnon, even unto Mount Sion, which is Hermon, Hermon where the uh, watchers came down, you know, to mate with the earth women, and all the plain on this side Jordan eastward, even unto the sea of the plain, under the springs of Pisgah. And that brings us up to chapter 5. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb, or Mount Sinai. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us who are all of us here alive this day. The Lord talked with you face to face in the mount out of the midst of the fire. Now, the Hebrew words that are translated here as face to face are panim bapanim. And if you've listened to me much before, you can probably guess what I'm going to say about that. You know, it's about the im ending on panim and bepanim. Uh, you know, it makes those words plural. So it would be more correct to say faces to faces rather than face to face, which makes sense if the Hebrews were talking to the plural Yahweh Elohim rather than to the singular Lord Yahweh or, if you will, to the plural Anunnaki rather than to the singular Lord Anu, or An. Now, you may be aware that the English word pan <laughs> used to be a popular slang word for face, you know, as in um, Fred Allen's Oriental detective, Chinese detective, I guess, one long pan. So it would make sense that panim is the plural form of pan, meaning face. Now, it would be interesting to trace that etymology and see if there's anything to that. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to shew you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid by reason of the fire, 
and went not up into the mount, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So I guess they were serious about the idea that if people were, you know, evil, iniquitous, it was in their DNA. And they would pass that um, down to their offspring. And it would take several generations of interbreeding with the uh, non-iniquitous people to uh, mitigate that evil influence. And shewing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thine ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, neither shalt thou commit adultery, neither shalt thou steal, Neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor. Neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife. Neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. Now this is all really good advice if you want to keep society running smoothly with as little conflict as possible. And I think that was the point of it. It was practical advice. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness, with a great voice, and he added no more. <laughs> Except that's not true. Actually, he did add more, uh, or they, add, they did add more. There were a bunch more commandments. Go back to Exodus and look, if you don't believe me. Now, and it goes on to say, and he wrote them in two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. Well, he wrote the top 10 in two tables of stone, apparently. And, you know, there might have been only 10 commandments on the stone tablets, but we don't really know that for sure. Since Moses busted the first pair of tablets and then, you know, 
the duplicate pair that he made was lost at some point, along probably with the Ark of the Covenant. And it came to pass, when ye heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, that ye came near unto me, even all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and ye said, Behold, the Lord our God hath shewed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God doth talk with man, and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more than we shall die. They felt like they would anyway. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Go thou near and hear all that the Lord our God shall say and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee and we will hear it and do it. So, you know, they're telling Moses, we just can't deal with this. We can't handle communication with the Lords, the Lord, the Lords, whatever. So you be the intermediary. You do the talking, you do the listening, and then you pass the information on to us. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spake unto me. And the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Go say to them, get you into your tents again. But as for thee, stand thou here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which thou shalt teach them, that they may do them in the land which I give them to possess it. So, in effect, what's being produced here is kind of a constitution for the promised land. You know, prior, prior to them actually even taking it over, and I guess Moses is supposed to write it down and pass it on to the people. Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you that ye may live and that it may be well with you and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. I guess he's talking to the people there in general, uh, not Moses, because Moses doesn't get to go to the promised land. He doesn't get to prolong his days in, in that land which they're going to possess. Anyway, we're up to chapter six now. Now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither you go to possess it that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, 
in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hmm. Actually, it says, Yahweh our God is one Yahweh. And you may say, well, that sounds kind of singular rather than plural. <laughs> well, maybe. But if Yahweh refers to a race or a people, it could just as well be plural. In effect, it would be saying the Yahwehlians are one people. You know, it's similar to how the uh, plural noun Elohim sometimes has a plural verb and sometimes has a singular verb. Uh, when they're acting as individuals, it would be the Elohim are such and such. But when they're acting as a unified group, it might say the Elohim is so and so. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Now, does that work? Does that really work? If you want somebody to love you, does it make sense to tell them they have to love you? <laughs> I'm thinking that's probably going to be counterproductive in just about every case. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. That's kind of puzzling. I'm not going to stop for it right now. <laughs> and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Yeah, because somebody else built them. And houses full of all good things which thou fillest not because somebody else filled them, and wells digged, which thou diggest not. Somebody else dug them. Vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, because somebody else planted them, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Through conquest. You know, they don't, ha they don't have to do all the work. Somebody else has done, already done all the work, and they're just going to go in and take it over. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massah. Massah is another name for Rephidim, which is where they ran short of water, you know, and then the people started griping and, and, and thinking that the Yahwehlians were going to let them die of thirst. And Moses had to go and strike the rock with his staff to bring forth water. You know, this was the first time 
This was the approved way of doing it at that time. And then after that, he renamed Rephidim Masah. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord shewed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in, to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive, as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he hath commanded us. <clears throat> now we're up to chapter 7. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. You know, because they don't have the help of, of the Lord thy God, you know, the, the Yahwehlians. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them, Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shew mercy upon them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following thee, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Say so this is what happened with the Midianites. Midianite women. But thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars, and break down their images, and cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. Now, why does it say cut down their groves? We may have talked about this at one point before, I just don't remember. Well, the Hebrew noun that is translated here as groves is asherim. A plural noun, as you well know. It derives from the name of Asherah, who was a goddess that was apparently the girlfriend or consort of both Baal and Yahweh. Not clear whether it was at different times or the same time. But, you know, she was fickle in one way or another. And her fickleness may have been what made Yahweh a jealous God, the jealous God that he is, especially since she was also rumored to have something going on with the uh, uh, Sumerian God Anu, or An, 
And this really becomes a soap opera if we identify Yahweh with Anu's son Enlil, as I have already done. I did it way back in Sermons number 20. I'm not the first to do that. I'm not claiming that. Um, but in Sermons 20, the, the Garden of Eden reconsidered. I suggested not only that Yahweh was Enlil, but that the serpent in the Garden of Eden was Enlil's brother, Enki. Asherah seems to have chosen the pro-Enlil, anti-Enki side. And in fact, some have suggested that the meaning of the name Asherah is she who treads on the sea dragon, which makes sense if we remember that Enki was the god of the sea originally, and that he was known as a great serpent dragon, uh, probably because of the vapor trails produced by uh, his uh, submersible flying craft that he traveled around in. <laughs> but, you know, back to the groves, the Asherim, Asherah's symbol was a tree, and you can see the trees uh, on her thighs in the show art. Tattoos, apparently. Tattoos of trees, her symbol. She was a fertility goddess. And it might make sense to identify that tree symbol as the tree of life that's mentioned in the Eden story. Remember, Yahweh, or Enlil, argued that if Adam and Eve were allowed to eat of the fruit of the tree of life, they would, quote, be like us, be like the Elohim, immortal or practically immortal, so, you know, he thought they needed to go ahead and destroy them, but he was overruled. Enki convinced the council to uh, just release them into the wild rather than uh, destroy them. Well, I don't think what Enlil was afraid of was Adam and Eve personally becoming immortal because, you know, they were just two little uh, pets, essentially. But if they grew into an immortal human race that race could grow to be a threat. Especially since, you know, Adam and Eve had already eaten of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So they knew uh, that it was evil for the Elohim to create humans as a slave race, and they would pass that knowledge on to their descendants, who would inevitably become resentful that that had happened, you know? Just like uh, um, black people today are resentful because their ancestors were once made slaves in this country. Yeah, I, I guess we could all be resentful because at one time or another, all of our ancestors were slaves of somebody else. But I guess this is more recent, you know, and it, it, it's been kept in the, in the public memory for longer. But anyway, an immortal human race or a practically immortal human race was a strong possibility, especially since humans had been given the genetic imperative to be uh, fruitful and multiply. And this might explain why a fertility goddess like Asherah was so popular among the humans, and she was. They worshipped her just like they worshipped Yahweh, either by planting trees 
or by setting up totem poles to her, uh, apparently right next to the altars that they built to Yahweh. And he he grew jealous of that as well and, and decreed that all these trees and poles would be cut down. And that's what it means when it says to cut down their groves, the, the groves of trees or the groves of fake trees, maybe. You know, he was jealous not only of the attention that she paid other gods like Baal and uh, El and uh, Anu, but also of the attention that his human subjects paid to her. <laughs> and if you look at her, no wonder Yahweh was a jealous God. I mean, just look how slutty she was. You know, she's got her hands down there around her pubic area, holding her vagina open like she's posing for Hustler magazine, you know, <laughs> revealing my age there. There's an outdated reference. Well, let's go on. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. <laughs> He'll give him one long pan. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thine heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. The great temptations which thine eyes saw, and the signs, and the wonders, and the mighty hand, and the stretched out arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out, so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. 
Moreover, the Lord thy God will send the hornet among them until they that are left and hide themselves from thee be destroyed. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little. Thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon thee. But the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee, and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction, until they be destroyed. And he shall deliver their kings into thine hand, and thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven. There shall no man be able to stand before thee until thou have destroyed them. The graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. And that's the end of chapter 7, and uh, we're out of time again. We'll pick it up from this point next time. Until then, keep the faith, stay away from those slutty goddesses, <laughs> and for sure don't erect any poles to them, if you know what I mean. <laughs>